He's blonde and bitchin'. She's sporty and sassy. Together, they're perfectly imperfect. It's Jesse and Jenna's messy podcast. Cheers! <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Let's dive right in. Our guest today has been on the podcast before, and I guarantee that everybody who has given our podcast a listen has clicked on her episode because it is our most downloaded episode of all time. That's right, the titillating, tantalizing Miss Jones is joining us once again for more hot sex talk. Thanks for coming back, Miss Jones. So if, if case anybody hasn't listened to the last time you were on, what do you call yourself? Not a sex expert, are you an intimacy coach or what do we call you? Uh, you can call me a holistic sexual wellness educator. See, that's too long for me. That's, <laughs> that's why I was like, I'm just going to ask her and let okay. her Okay. Nowadays with COVID, you know, I'm sort of rebranding myself because I can't do a lot of the stuff I was doing before, right? So, I don't know. I don't know. The ethical slut educator. I don't know. What do you want to That's more like it. If you ever wanted to do a blog, I think that would be a great title for a blog. The ethical slut. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it does sum you up quite well. When Miss Jones and I met, it was on the set of Dirty Love, and she was hired to be an ethical intimacy coach during that shoot because there was a lot of sex scenes and stuff. And being an ethical slut, you could uh, advise people where to touch and where not to touch. So it was helpful. Yes. It was an intimacy coach and consultant uh, ethics. Not ethical, but ethics in that sense. That was a lot of fun. I miss doing that. Yeah, but let's talk about COVID because like you just mentioned, okay. your whole business has sort of changed because it was based on touching people. You had massage clinics, spanking clinics, you name it, probably piercing clinics. I don't know what you do, but <laughs> you're, it's kind of all dried up now, right? Yeah, really, I can't do that or teach. But the thing with COVID, and then I'm sort of on the spiritual awakening journey at the same time, like rebranding, what am I going to do with my life? and I'm moving and this transition. But with, if we're talking about COVID, I do want to like promote ethical slut, slutism <laughs> in regards <laughs> to, have we noticed what really, I was, I'm doing a lot of thinking and I'm like, it's so easy for us to talk about COVID and the pre, pre, precautions and who have you been with and stuff. And it made me think, how easy is it us for to have conversations in regards to STIs? Do we ask background information? Like it's so easy. Oh, it's COVID. Don't come near me. Da da da. But do we really do enough research in the, our sexual partners and who we're with? Right. Should we freely be open to discuss that? I mean, and I've. It's still hard, even as an educator, to do it. But what it comes down to is either we go through this checklist. It's either going to be pleasant or unpleasant. If you want to fuck me, this is my. These are my rules, and yeah. So do you think, because there's a lot of people dating, but maybe they're too scared to touch right now, but they want to get intimate, other than sexting and phone sex, can you like have an intimate moment without touching? Absolutely. So I was thinking a lot that too. I went through a moment where it's like, oh, nobody's touching me. And I feel so like unlovable. And you can have conversations and intimacy is not just about sex and touch. It's about sharing about yourself, about your feelings and your thoughts, and then you can connect with someone and that's intimate. And then you masturbate together. (laughs) (laughs) 
if you're lucky. Then, and if your partner's not into doing that, you masturbate and the partner just listens, right? Oh. I've had my fun times in the past of doing that, which was really challenging. So I, re I would record myself and then I would send it to whoever, like sometimes I'd send it to a friend who really opened. I was like, what do I sound like? Like, and I'd have to, I made myself watch it to see if it was sexy. And that's an intimate moment. And so like, that's really getting intimate with yourself. That's, that's like that's, filming yeah, yourself that's and then true. watching yourself and then getting off. I, that's a, that's a, that's a cycle. Jesse would never come out of the, come out <laughs> of his room. It's, it's really awakening. And then you send that to someone that you trust and you're reliable. And I've sent it to a friend. I'm like, check this out. What do you think? Is it hot? Because we're open like that. And we have that. So I was able, it's like when I used to record podcast or film, I hated seeing myself on camera. Right. So it's even double more intense. It was for me to hear myself have an orgasm on and have different orgasms. Right. Oh, that was a squirt. That wasn't a squirt. Can you yeah, just by what you sound like, whether it's a squirt? I mean, I guess if you hear the water hit the floor. Then oh, you... God, Jesse, what do you, like, this just goes. No, actually, when I, in my experience and other partners I've had in the past, basically, when I have a squirt, it sounds super primal and super like, oh, like it just goes out. When I have a clitoral orgasm, and if I have them both at the same time, that's really fun too, but it's more like high-pitched, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, like, you're really... Right? Like it's... And now an exclusive performance from Miss Jones <laughs> on what a high-pitched <laughs> orgasm sounds like. Take it away! <laughs> and also, when we were talking, Jesse, you do not need to send me your masturbation videos. I'm sure they're lovely. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm fine looking at my own dick pics because you worry about the shots and the angles, it's fine. But I have had a guy send me a sex video back and it was like horrifying. I'm like, I'm not watching this. I couldn't watch it myself. Pictures I could do, but I, I, I couldn't watch the video. It's too embarrassing. Well, that's it, right? And it's to challenge yourself on that. And if that's too embarrassing, like how is it in the bedroom, right? Like we, like it's, it's so fascinating to me. Do you think that people generally think that they looked, look sexier than they are in the bedroom or weirder than they are in the bedroom? Does that make sense? Yes, you know, like, I don't think I look like a porn star in the bedroom, but who knows? Maybe I do. No. Well, that's the thing. So I said to my friend, he thinks it's sexy. And then I used to often like hold in and not be so expressive in the bedroom because I thought I'd look stupid. The toes are going and your face is going like we're animals. It's primal. We're not always going to look. It'll be sexy, but in its in its way. Like porn is just, there's a lot of bad porn out there. So don't go by that. But also in porn when they, they don't necessarily always look sexy. Like, you know, like I wouldn't say like they all look like Victoria's Secret models with jizz on their face. No. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and I think it is like, it, it can be sexy and you can look sexy to someone when you're just, you're letting go, you're letting it all out. Like. And then that also enhances things because it's on it's vibration, it's sound, right? Like So we just had tip one. We brought you on this podcast so people can like spice up their COVID sex life. And so tip and one right away is take a video of yourself, watch it yourself, maybe send it to a friend, and then send it to a lover or future. And then if you need if you need some support and consult, I don't need to see your video, but how is that experience for you? You can contact me and we can talk through it. It'll I think, make 
Jenna, you made a good point though. If you are going to do that exercise, don't judge the sexiness based on looking like a supermodel. Right. Because sex sexy is different than walking down the street sexy. Or so like, a tip for that is don't record your face the first time. Or ever. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse. No. So if you want just to hear the sound, I would record from my, my boobs down because I wasn't ready to look at my face. And then I would, and then I eventually did a full uh, shot. And like people just love it when you're playing with toys too, because I was playing with toys and yeah. So that, that is one tip to do. And can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. You were just moving your lips. <laughs> <laughs> it like, it's the story. You know what? It, there's a delay on these stupid Zoom interviews. That's what it is. It's the delay. We just have to deal with it. Miss Jones, what's the difference between intimacy and vulnerability when it comes to sex? Ooh, they're very similar. I ask because I really don't know. I feel like they're the same thing, kind of. I I feel like you can't be intimate unless you're vulnerable. Okay, okay. no, because I posted this meme once, and it's like, sex is everywhere, but chemistry isn't. Right. So I can easily, and this sounds weird to some people, but also because I. I do the body work and the healing and all that. I can easily engage, sec I could be sexually intimate with someone and share something deep, but not necessarily get super vulnerable with them. Where it's mostly based on, it's a fine line. You didn't give me time to research this, no. But from my no. experience. Actually, you know what? I think we just made a point is that it's different for every individual. Because for me, I can't get intimate unless I've been vulnerable with someone in a sense, because to me that just like creates that bond. But for you, yeah. it's almost reverse. So I think it's, everyone is different. Everyone is different. But I find my experiences when I add more vulnerability enhances it in a different way. So like, they're sisters. Vulnerability and intimacy are sisters. I don't think they can go without each other. Yeah. Mm. Something to think about. Something to think about. I don't know. It was like a really deep Oprah question. I think he caught everyone off guard. I'm sorry. There. I was like, okay, Oprah. No, no, but it's true. It's stuff that I've I've noticed over the years, and I've had like different lovers, uh, and I notice when I get super vulnerable about myself, the ke sexual chemistry is somewhat heightened, and the bond kind of grows a bit more. But. Okay. Uh, let me go back from the gutter now because that was very Oprah y. <laughs> Miss Jones, well, you what? Gotta have some, it's real and raw. You got to have, it's like, it's important to think about these things because a lot of people don't get super vulnerable when they have sex and then they, they sort of like just do a surface thing. Like, yeah, those are called fuck boys. <laughs> the two pump chumps. Oh, or fuck girls or fuck anybody. Starfishes. Starfishes. <laughs> Some well, sometimes like I, but sometimes yeah, I just <laughs> sometimes I just need some loving and if I have like you know a moment where it's just like I want to be touched and fucked then if I'm in that zone I have like with someone I'm comfortable with that I know well I'm not just you know I'm an ethical slut but I have standards and there's things like I'm not just going to get down with everybody right but 
not only are you an ethical slut, but you're also, uh, I keep wanting to say sex therapist, sex expert. I know that's not your title, but you've had a lot of couples and individuals come to you with different sex problems over the years. What was the most out there one that kind of surprised you? Did somebody ever come to you and say, Miss Jones, I have this thing with putting ice cubes up my butt and I just can't stop? Or is there something that stands out to you from your past? That's a good one. I guess because I'm so open and non-judgmental and my kink journey started like, I'm 42 now, it started in 10,000, like I'm trying to think. There was some uh, particular ones that came to mind. Uh, not so much someone coming to see me for consult, but a particular kink or fetish or things. And it's so hard because it's like anonymity. But uh, we'll just keep it simple in the sense that this person enjoyed getting their underwear cut up. Oh. Uh, which could be in torn. And another thing was to be... Uh, that must have been some big underpants, though, because, like, I think about my underpants, and I'm like, you cut them up once, they're gone. Like, they're not even going to stay on you. Well, it, it was all, there was also a role play to it. And at first, I was uh, like, oh, this, this is interesting. Then I looked in it, too, some more. And in this particular case, the kink developed, I think it was more of a kink than it was a fetish because it's not something that needed to be done all the time for this person to be aroused. Before you continue, can you describe the difference between a fetish and a kink? Because I think that is something that a lot of people get confused. Well, from my years of research and from me, a fetish is something that you basically need in order to be stimulated. So people that have, say, uh, heel fetishes, basically they will not get aroused unless you wear heels. A kink is basically if you're not doing your standard, you know, woman not like person on top on top with the lights on is considered kinky. So I have kinks, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm also like sexually aroused for someone like I can get a spanking and that feels great on, you know, psychologically and emotionally. But I, I would say the biggest difference is like a fetish is something that is often included in sexual activity because that's what makes them aroused in order for them. They need that object. Does that make more that sense? That does make sense. So like normal people can have kinks, but if you have a fetish, you're a weirdo. That's what I heard. <laughs> okay, well that, you're totally wrong. So it's not like, it's not a matter of normal people. I know, uh, I'm are, just trying to be cheeky. You know me, Miss Jones. But I can't joke I with you anymore, Jesus. Well, you can certainly joke with me, but we got to add some like real education in here, right? But yes, yes. I So like kink, think about it, you know, uh, think about another word for kink. It's just, there's a kink in the towel or there's a kink in the dress. It's just not what conventional or not what you hear of a lot. It's almost like I mean, fetish is like a lifestyle, whereas kink is like an accessory to the bedroom. Like you would love to do that, but you don't have to do it all the time. Whereas fetish is something that is a part of your sexual lifestyle all the time. Yeah, you could put it there. Like there's people that live BDSM and kink like 24-7, right? Like. Right where it's like the role play and it's constantly on and that's a whole like I could never do that but that would just be I don't have the energy for that and no one's going to tell me what to do 24 7 but yeah so like I guess kink is something you can add and it can go away but kink is still a part of many people's I sometimes don't like labels it's just like these are certain things that they like I have certain things that I want that are not necessarily 
uh, not everybody can give it to me, right? Like if I want a good flogging or a good spanking, I have to find people that are sort of into that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that a primary partner will be into that or whatnot. But where was that moment we were having before? You were having a moment. Weirdest about thing, the most interesting thing you've ever experienced, a client. Oh, yeah. So in further uh, of my diagnosis and learning about this particular person, there it was trauma-based. So in their case, getting this need in my books, and I would not work with this client because I found it was enabling them and they were just reliving their trauma over and over, which I don't think was good for them. And so that was like, oh, this is, but it's so, so many things I don't like find weird. I just, I guess just because of what I've come across in my life and my studies and sex education, but it was, it was like threatening and it was belittling, but it was, it was, I mean, some people have kink and fetishes that are actually not good for their mind, body, and soul. But so that was one. I'm trying. You know, I don't know. Well, let's go there then. That's kind of dark and interesting. Uh, maybe not weird or abnormal because those are negative words. But is there a kink that you wouldn't even touch or you wouldn't support? I mean, you just outlined one because that was trauma-based in the wrong kind of way. Yeah, if someone wants me to pull on their underwear and cut it and like me like. Uh, degrade them and humiliate them. I'm all down for that. But if it's not helping them grow and if it's actually harming them in their own psyche and they're it's then no, I don't want nothing part of it. Uh, one particular fetish that I, I like to explore and get to know, not that I would explore it, but I have no interest in scat play. Oh, me neither. Uh, I haven't so heard I, someone use that word scat since outdoor school. And there was a song, it goes, it starts with an S and it ends with a T. It comes from you and it comes from me. I know what you're thinking, it could be called that. Being scientific and call it scat, 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 call it scat, scat. Yeah, anyways, okay, sorry. We don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and there's so much behind that. Like on FetLife, it's like a Facebook for kinky people. They've, all, they've went through a point, I haven't been on there in a while, but they went where they've somewhat eliminated some of these fetishes and kinks because there was, uh, especially when it comes into the daddy and baby girl, depending to what extreme, or they had other, I think one at one point on there was incest play, so that was removed. But scat, you know, Oof. it's just very dangerous, and the best way for me to learn about these is to talk to people. So scat, for instance, when people get into a, a baby role or in diaper play or a, what do they call it? I don't even know all the terms at the time where they'll actually defecate in their diapers and someone will change it. And that is another kink that I find not something I would participate in. Uh, so there is there, there, everything's changing and evolving over time. Right. So people are starting to look at these things more and what qualifies as a kink, what doesn't. And, and I was listening to your podcast the other day about the broom the dude in the broom and the machete. I was like, I wish I was there to record that. That is hilarious. Now, what you were saying with the broom, the reason they probably didn't use the bristles was he was probably not into pain and didn't want any like blood shed. And so the stick- But the bristles aren't that hard. Over the underwear. Over the we should recap. We had a weird news story about a guy who wanted people to break into his house and play with his junk with the hard end of a broomstick, not yeah. the bristles. 
Right. So he might not like the feeling of the bristles, but he might prefer something solid. And so you were saying, and I'm like, so part of that is there could be trauma based there. Who knows? But the fact that it's unexpected, people get off on that. So when is this going to happen? The machetes, that is like that, that scene sounded so funny to me, but, uh, and I'm glad the judge let him off, but you know, poking, like he could be visualizing it's anything. Uh, yeah. So I found that interesting to why, why? Cause you were like, why would someone want that? You know, it's so, well, that's the, what's so fascinating to me about any kink. I am a vanilla queen. I used to be ashamed admitting that, but now I'll say it proudly. I couldn't be more vanilla, especially for a gay. Well, I guess being a gay makes me automatically not vanilla, but the point is I don't understand why people come up with their fetishes or their kinks or what happened to them in their life to make you into a hard end of a broomstick. Like it's fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, I'm a gay vanilla. There's a lot of people that I'm have, a gay vanilla. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have different fantasies. You know, like I think the stranger thing is kind of a fantasy when you know it's not a stranger. It's no different than what like a lot of couples will do sometimes that have been married forever. Is they'll go to a bar and pretend to be strangers and like fuck in the bathroom. Well, you know, like there's fantasies where like you leave a door open and your boyfriend comes in randomly and. You know? Like, oh, you're right. So it's like stranger role play. Stranger role play. I'll it's tell just you they did it with real strangers, and some people do it with people pretending to be strangers. <laughs> like, I can't yeah, tell you. Yeah, he might, he, and he might get off of the fact that he doesn't know when this is going to happen, so it pumps his adrenaline. He, he has no clue. And he, there was probably some degradation in there. Like, yeah. is, wasn't he blindfolded or something? I don't know. No, but we yeah, didn't get that far because they went to the wrong house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, when you talk about being an ethical slut, there is an element of ethics with stuff like that. Like, on Grinder, I have seen so many times people write on their account, like, I'll just leave the door open, like you just said, and have my butt in the air. And it's like, that is dangerous. Like, that is not, you wouldn't advise somebody to do that because it's dangerous. Uh. Unless you knew the person, but I'm talking right. complete strangers. strangers. Well, I know, I know some people do this, and I know if it's you can do those things in a way. There, there's, there's vetting systems you can do. So this doesn't always happen right away. Some people do, and it's just dangerous. But there is a vetting system that people come up with. So there's specific questions you can ask to be like, oh, okay, that's a no. Like I have vetting systems when it comes to clients, even when it comes to people that I want to engage with sexually. There's specific questions I ask and depending on their answer. But yes, there is always a risk. And but that's a thing for some people. The door is unlocked, come in, and people either like just fuck me, fuck me hard and go home. Like right. for whatever reason that is. And uh some people mm -hmm. it what I'm saying is it can you just look at someone's profile and you can. There is always a risk. There's always a risk even yeah. with people that you're extremely close to, anything can happen. So as we, because times are different, dating's different, everything's different right now as we wrap things up here. What are like- up already? How come I, oh, I gotta come back then. This is not- <laughs> <laughs> um, But like, for example, like what are some advice and tips you have for picking? Cause people now have to pick and choose who they decide to be, like single people have to pick and choose who they decide to become intimate with because you can only have so many people in your bubble and there's a virus going around and everything. So what are like some questions or, or that you think people should ask their potential partners or any advice you have for like, you know, making that decision to commit? I will add this in though, 
to touch on the place of non-monogamy, there's still people out there that are non-monogamous dating. So it's not just a singles thing. Uh, write down like a, a few important questions. Like the thing is now everybody's doing this. Like you got to get, if people don't want to take time to talk to you, in my opinion, on video, like do some exchange. And a tip is have a video conversation with them, see how that goes, and go out a few times before you actually jump in bed with them. And if they if right. they cannot follow these simple requests and be responsible, you don't want to be fucking them. Right. It's it's almost like you just have to take things a bit slower right now than normal. Yeah, or maybe people should be taking things slower to begin with. <laughs> so, or not jumping into bed to begin with. Well, you know, and I've said this on a past episode is um, the doctor in BC said, you can date. It's just pick one person to kiss and kiss them. And if you don't like kissing them anymore, wait two weeks and then kiss another person. Just don't kiss multiple people at once. And I was like, isn't that kind of what dating should have been from the get go? Well, yeah. So for me, for instance, when it comes to, and I'm even more con conscious now for safer sex reasons, but usually if I have like multiple partners or depending, it's, I'm fluid bound to one person. So we talk about past, you know, what are your, it's not easy to talk about this stuff, but you know, some people have herpes. You gotta, you gotta, you, you have to be honest about these things and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's something to be uh, discussed. I yeah. mean, way in my past, I, I engaged sexually, was, but we took the proper precautions. I don't have it. Right. Uh, but definitely, yeah, come up with some questions or, or things. I mean, I'd, I'd have to sit down and write the questions, but. What does it mean, Miss Jones, to be fluid bound? I think I know, but can you explain that? There's fluid bound and then there's another term. So that means that, uh, well, kissing, I got a bit more strict on because of this COVID thing. But it's the fact that I won't use protection uh, with certain people or. Oh, you know, like literal fluids. I thought it was like an energy fluid. that's fluid. No. So this is like there is exchange of mucous membranes. There's exchange like these are the only people. And I know through sexy. like. <laughs> <laughs> Just not a sexy term. Sorry. Fluid bound. I'm still safe for sex and, you know, pregnancy is consideration, but it's not like I'm going to, now I'm a bit more, in the past, I was a bit more lenient, especially when it came to oral, that I didn't always use condoms because of the, there's high risk and low risk. But now, like, you know, in this, at this point, it's like, no, I'm going to, if you want me, there's one person I don't use a condom with, with you. And it's like, it could be just as good. And if they don't want to, then I don't fuck them in, or I don't suck their cock. And then that's their loss. Like you know, you it's an important balance, this STI thing is I think people get offended and I've seen it on the gay apps. They ask all the time, like, are you clean? And the first thing is people could lie and I'm sure people do lie, but people get offended sometimes. And I've been one of them where I'm like, do I look like I have HIV? Well, like, no. You know, Maybe it's, it's shame based. It's shame yeah. based. Right. And I always hated that oh, someone clean and whatever. It's like, no, I usually put down like I'm up to date on my test and this and this. And just talking to people and picking up on body language and things they've, how they, it's all communication. And you can decipher, I can certainly give people tips if they want privately on how to decipher uh, 
some people aren't good at lying and they'll try. If they can't look at you in the eyes while you're having a conversation, usually that's a sign that they're not, or the gulp in the throat, that's another one. I also think that like when you do ask someone about their sexual health, it is a very private thing. So saying, are you clean? I think anyone would get defensive right away. It goes, just so that we're both safe, I want to ensure that, you know, like I'm tested, are you? Like, it's not like, are you clean? Like that's so accusatory. And it is, and it's like anything, right? Us thing, like a business deal here. And it's language. It's, it, it's amazing what's coming out. The language and the words we use. You could say, I practice safer sex. How about you? When have you been tested last? Because these things, you can have something and get tested and it won't show up. Right? Like, that almost sounds like an old PSA. I practice, I practice safer sex. How about you? <laughs> and you make it fun. And you, you make it fun and you smile. And if you're ever like unsure, you just... And dental dams are great. Use dental dams. Like we were talking about those too recently. Well, it adds a bit more friction. So depending on what your clitoris likes, if you like more friction and you can get them flavored, it adds a bit of like friction to it. So there's like actual dental. I just thought that was saran wrap. Well, you could use that. Wait, no. Well, you can if you're really stuck, especially because you can move it more. No tinfoil though, yeah, right? You want to see? I have a dental dam. Yes, please. We'd love to see one. I've never seen. I can honestly say, Jenna, I've never seen a dental dam. Intermission. I bet you that's not the only toy she could pull out of that tickle trunk. Oh, we oh, know a that. Wand, the massager, the old school massager wand. Hatachi wand. Yeah, that's a classic. Everybody's got that's one a, of those. That's a great. It's also good if you have indigestion. You can massage your belly with it. Okay, so these, yeah, it is in your, it's, it originally was, as far as I know, created as a massager, but someone works like in other ways, right, ladies? So this one's called uh, Satin Dan's Strawberry. Oh, they're flavored. Latex. So they, these, they sell at Venus Envy. Okay, so now we're going to open it. The thing I is, these things are... Like, they should be as e accessible and just as much as condoms, but they're not. Yeah. I don't like when they're flavored products. I find that all of those, they, they're the, they it's never, always so artificial tasting. Yeah, like medicine. It's like, here's your edible panties. You want to eat, like, gross artificial strawberries. <laughs> and it's, like, nasty, low-quality fruit roll-up material. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why you have, like, a party beforehand, and you have different flavors, and then you're like, oh, let's test these out together. I'd rather so make my own edible panties out of fruit roll-ups. So you have like <laughs> the little weed butter in the, <laughs> in the panties. Oh. Now wait. So a, it's just a sheet. Now wait a dang minute. Sheet of plastic. It feels, like a, it feels like a balloon. It's latex. So not everybody can use this. We can't see it. You got to put it. Are dental dams reusable or can you only use them once? Just use them once. It looks like if you stretched out bubble gum. It's a balloon. It's a, basically a square of a balloon. Oh. Oh. Wow. You know what? On the package there, I had never in my life thought of a dental dam and thought of butt. But you could put it to eat yeah, someone's to eat ass. Butt. Yeah, so you would stretch the cheeks and do it. Now, 
Because that's something um, I refuse to do. Back to Vanilla Gay, I will not eat ass. Uh, but a but lot now of guys you want, might. Now I might. Because it's strawberry yeah. flavor. Yeah. Well, it, there's lots of sensations. So, for instance, I love when people, like, totally lick my ass. I'm not so much into women when they stick their tongue in there. But I, on the other hand, I don't mind licking ass, but I would definitely use a dental dam for that because it's just – doesn't matter. You gotta clean yourself properly. We can have something on anal sex because I'm super into that these days. And I oh. COVID. Thank God for COVID because I it's something I've always wanted to get more into. So I'm learning so much about my own ass. But I would definitely use a dental dam to like like ass. But so do you have any do you have any tips? So you're getting into anal sex like you're receiving it. Yes. Yeah. Not giving it. Well, she can. That's she why. Wants. Would you give it to a man? Anal sex. I give it. Oh yeah, with a strap on. Oh my god, you are kinky. That's crazy. You would never, Jenna. Uh, no. <laughs> so these, go online and look dental dams. Dentists use these. That's how. That's how this all started. Yeah. I remember when I had a root canal and he came at me with one of those. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't have to pay for this, right? <laughs> if I let you do this. You can use gloves. You can cut one in a glove and to make it. So if people don't like latex, you could use the different, there's what? Uh, Hypoallergenic. Yeah, or the vinyl and you can cut it. It's just not as stretchy, but it does have like a latex. But you know what? I'd rather have a latex than then catch something that could like not be good for both. It's not safe for both people, right? Right. Yeah. What's your um, advice for uh, anal sex for beginners, especially women? You know, we all joke about gays, but like gays, it takes a minute to work it up to it as well. You know how many people are into anal that are like heterosexual? Right. Like I've had, I've worked with clients before, whereas let's explore some prostate because they were super curious. Next thing you know, the dude wants me to do them with the fucking strap on because it feels super good. but Beginner tips is play with your own ass before you get someone to play with it. Yeah. You can, you can wear gloves and you can go in there and, Jenna, it's okay. You'll be fine. <laughs> it's too bad that I can't work anymore because I walk people through these steps. But the more I started like working and then there's the, uh, so it's a lot of like you could do massage and of course you can, uh, what was I saying? There's the breathing, yeah. right? Like when something's going in, you're supposed to breathe out or is it in? So what I do and what works for me is I would get a client to take a deep breath in. And as they release, that's when I push it in. Uh, so breathe out, exhale. Because you're relaxed. And when you breathe yeah. in, you're and so in. And when you're relaxed. Yeah. You, do, you do a big belly breath. And then what I'll sometimes I say is breathe out, but I'll say push out a bit. So then as they push out, that's when I slide it in because it's just relaxing. No, but don't push then, too hard. Otherwise, you're back to scat play. And we don't <laughs> want that. <laughs> well, no, then there's the whole thing about cleaning your insides and, yeah. and about, like, getting that clear because you don't want that. So I'm just discovering so much and the joys of it and the fact that you could sort of feel it on your G-spot from that angle because there's, like, a mm. short, uh, a thin layer of skin, eh? And it's like... Sometimes I like go deep. At first I wasn't into this in and out motion because I felt like I had to shit. So I had to get over that thought where, no, I'm clean. Nothing bad's going to happen. And shit might happen. It's not the end of the world. 
like but uh definitely play with your own ass massage it a bit first with a vibrator to relax Every time, sorry, every time you're like playing with your own ass, I just lose it. I, I just can't. Every time you've done that twice, and the last time I just, I'm sweating now because I'm trying so hard not to be immature and like a little kid. Oh no, just laugh. It, does, it sounds in the way I talk. Well, you sometimes. know what? The title of this episode is going to be Play with, with Your Own Ass with Miss Jones. Well, and then it's the, and you can also use just your like knuckle. Yeah. Well, I hope you're not playing with your ass with those nails. <laughs> hey, you know, it was so traumatic, right? Cause I was like weeks, like without my nails done. <laughs> so I, it was really interesting to like start massaging my own ass without the nails. There was less, there was less, you know, and then there's the glove and you go in and then in the shower. And if you pull in, you know, when you do a pussy fart and you pull in, if you pull all that in, it's a great way to get your finger in there to start like, cleaning on the inside and massaging on the inside. That's a bit harder to- You know what she just said? What do you mean when you pull in? <laughs> I don't have a vagina and I've never been that close to one other than when yeah, I was- Yeah, but you'll, you can pull in your Kegel muscles yeah. and oh. you still have that. So you pull it in and you kind of let it gape sort of thing. You let your you know butthole how? eat your finger is what she's saying. Oh, I see what you're saying. And then move your finger in your butthole. You know, <laughs> It's important to douche and clean, but I will say there are days when you know bottoming is or anal play is just not going to work. And no matter no, how much you clean, it's not going to happen. So you have to know your body and just be able to say, like, today it's not the day. Yeah. And uh, that's true. And if you have, like, IBS or digestion, you really want to take it slow. So I used to have a problem with that. And I was like, eh. And now I'm like, geez, there's so many things you can do and there's so many and shower is a great place to do it when you have the jet, the jets, and you like automatically if you bend down or you lean forward and you spray it, your butt is just going to be like, oh, it sort of opens. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm going to try that when I get home. <laughs> you've never, you've never shower blasted your butt. No, <laughs> I actually haven't. Like taken it off. No, so you could take it. So you basically you'd be going like this, and you spread a bit. Can you see? Yeah. <laughs> you you put this the jet up there, yeah. and as you and as you put the jet up there, you could squeeze your kegels up, and it sort of opens up. Oh, I'm totally trying to jet blast my butt. But it's good, like between that, take a bit of like you know when you're every morning and you sort of stretch it. But there's so many nerve endings there, and no wonder the days are so popular. Everyone all these years have been blasting jet blast in their butt and love it. Oh, why do I have limited time? I don't like this. Yeah, play with your own ass, play with your genitals. Like, it's just, like, these are things you can do right now. And then you talk about it. Say you're dating or your, you know, tips to spice things up. Tell your husband how many fingers you got up your pussy this morning. Like, and, and text this and keep things, like, those are other ways to get intimate with people. Talk about what you like and you don't like. And yeah, uh, that can be, an interesting one, but communication is key. Like if someone's not going to have, I'd have to, maybe next time if I come back on, I'll have a list of questions of like, this is, this is how you can bet someone for your personal. Uh, but when you say communication is key though, you're right. Because if you can't tell someone what you like, they're not going to know. Period. That's right. And then it's okay to give someone direction on both parties. Like, oh, I really like this. Or it's a thing like, 
mutual masturbation. Like, I love it when I do this, this, can you try this? Like it is, it's, and it's not just, it's communication, not just like of what you like in the bedroom, but you know, I like doing this. This makes me feel safe. I'm comfortable with this. Uh, yeah. And communication's hard. And then you find there's different communication styles. So once you get to know someone and sort of like how they think and how they communicate, it makes things easier because sometimes you can adapt. Like language is so important. So it's not, they shouldn't even be put in that. Oh, are you clean? I'm clean. Yeah, I'm clean. I shower every day. No, I practice me for sex. Like, right? Like, if someone gets defensive when you say, okay, I know this is not, I usually start like, I know this is not like the easiest conversation to have, but before we get, we get our, our sexy on, I just want to know where you're at with safer sex and who are your partners or I don't need to know exactly who your partners are, but how do you practice that? Yeah. And you can usually tell in that moment if it's, and then if they're uncomfortable about even talking about that, what else are they going to like, or is there, is that going to be a good orgasmic experience for you if they, they can't, but I guess that's why sex educators are allowed to, to help. Uh, yeah. So when couples have come to you for help, uh, <clears throat> last question, is there, sorry, I mean, no. yeah. um, <laughs> Is there one overarching problem that men have and women have? And I know there's genders in between, but just for argument's sake, is there something that stands out to you that women come to you and are like concerned a common with? Issue. Yeah, like an issue or a concern or, oh my gosh, I can't orgasm through intercourse alone. Help me. Or That's, that's, that's one of the, the orgasm uh, through intercourse. And then sometimes there's a, it depends that's a very because see I'm not a therapist so I have people approach me and talk to me about stuff but I don't give them therapy so and sometimes there's the the issue of one is kinky and one isn't right so one wants to explore things the other partner is not sure about whether open that relationships <laughs> what's that fulfill them with open relationships yeah and that too is it that's that's a whole other subject I love talking about this non-monogamy business and this uh Oh God, that's a whole other basket of. Well, you can you can you can shrink it down, which I think we agree that monogamy is unnatural. It's it's hard to do, but it's not yeah, so our natural in, state. In many ways, and through research, yes. And if you look at the animal kingdom, most of them are not like monogamist. I mean, there's conscious monogamy where you can choose to have something and build, and then eventually bring partners in, but. I think a lot of times there's unhealthy monogamy where it's like one person in my experience and the more I get to know myself cannot fulfill all my deep needs, all my like, and in non-monogamy, another thing, yes, jealousy happens, possessiveness happens. Like you're still going to deal with that. Like people think that, Oh, if you're open, not, not, none of this, but that's a bunch of bullshit. Right. Like, uh, but that's another thing too. That's common that couples or people like one's kinky, one wants to explore things, one's not comfortable doing it. So how do you work through that? Right? Well, I just like, wanted to say with the open relationship thing, one thing that I think is very important is being secure in yourself and being self-confident because then yes, you still get jealous, but you realize whoever your partner's fucking doesn't take away from you. She'll never be yeah. me. So you know what? Go ahead. Have fun. She's still not me, bitch. 
And so if you have that confidence, it's right. easier to let it go. There's that confidence in being like, well, you're not me, bitch. Like that's more of a, but yes, yeah, no, that's a just sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's not like, and I'm super big on this and people like, Oh, everything's trauma and healing for you. No, it's true. Sometimes you get into a relationship and then you open your relationship and then it's like, shit, I'm getting triggered left, right and center. Like for me at one point I would experience jealousy a lot because I compare myself to the person that they're with. And I mean, Hey, I like women, but I still compare myself to other women. Like, and then there was, then there was possessiveness. Well, it's your person, right? Like you get connected to someone and then there was possessiveness. And then sometimes it was, it would trigger my past and bring up my past and how unlovable I was. It was just the whole intimacy part itself was, uh, yeah. Like the jealousy. Who the partner they're bringing in is well, like, my point, just to clarify, was like, let's say I was with a guy and he wanted to go hook up with a big, hairy 300 pounder. Well, that's never going to be me. So like, I can't fulfill that. But I also, I also recently watched this show on Netflix called Easy. And there is a married couple who've been married for a very long time and they decide to do an open relationship. And at first, like they each do it and it's fine. They each have their own guilt, their own remorse when they're hooking up. But eventually they find like a, a little bit of a, like a nice rhythm going on and then feelings change and like, and it wasn't about, well, it doesn't matter who you go home with because I'll always be better. It was more about, I love you so much. I want you to be happy. And if I can't be yeah. happy in this certain area and someone else can, and you can still love me and we're still life partners, then I'm willing to allow you to go seek that enjoyment so you're fulfilled. But you're yeah, still going to be jealous sitting at home waiting for him. Well, exactly. And that's why eventually okay. in the show it came back and there was always those feelings. Yeah, and those feelings can be worked through, right? But why are you going to sit there with someone and it's like, okay, we're just not, like, that's what you want, then you go get that, right? Like, I could be with someone and I enjoy domination and giving someone a good beating. Well, if my current partners or whoever that I'm with at the time doesn't like that, but I have, like, that's my thing, I like to do that then I, I will need to, like, it's just to talk. And yes, you will get jealousy, but it's really to look at where it's it, it stems from and where it's coming. And I think it is possible for people to do that. Like, people are like, oh, that's so much work and there's so much people involved. No, it's really simple. Like, you know, I'm more non-monogamous. I wouldn't, maybe Polly, who knows? I'm still, like, evolving. But I do know, and I do believe, I guess, for me, that I know one person can't fulfill all or meet all my needs whether it be psychologically emotionally and sexually a lot of the and time monogamous couples deal with all the same jealousy you know who are you yes. texting? where were you last night that's a lot of stress to manage as well it is and that comes all it comes based on like a lot of it is insecurity and a lot of people have been they get close to someone they get intimate and in their past that didn't work out so well right like you end up smothering and suffocating people. Like if you, like who wants to be, well, who are you texting? What are you doing? No, 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 Right? Like, oh, the world of relationships. I've learned so much. <laughs> even just being trapped in my house, it may, it's made me think of a lot of stuff. And even like me, like, oh, you know, fulfill your inner desire. It's like I had moments where I'm like, I want someone to touch me. I blah, 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 blah. But, and it makes you think about like, in the industry and even like somatic if you're doing body work and then it makes you kind of like 
realize like there are certain needs and there's things you need to do for yourself in order to feel loved in whatever and it is nice to have that but i'm saying don't run out and rush out and start fucking everybody like is it really touch you need right. or do you need sex like have a cuddle buddy like or at least use a dental dam for god's sake <laughs> <laughs> Just... oh my god i want to do an episode on assholes we got to do that anyways well, there's so much yeah wait what was it i was saying jenna play with your ass Play with your ass. Let's finish the episode instead of cheers. We'll yeah. finish it with play with your ass. Play, play with your ass and it'll relax you. And then, you know, <laughs> then you meet someone. And then you meet someone who's like, oh, you know, I really enjoy this. You want to do this? And then you like guide your hand. I thought you were going to say playing with your ass means you'll meet someone because you'll be so relaxed and like free loving. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. That's what I'm missing. I'm not playing with that's, my ass. Uh, but yeah. I'm saying. It's important to play with yourself because you get to learn stuff, but it's also important. I definitely to do that. <laughs> Winning court. Well, another thing too is before you get your finger up there, you can always use the vibrator around your ass and it'll give you a sort of an idea of how it, I don't know if you've done that and I don't need to know that, but that's another thing. Like people are afraid to put the fingers near the ass or whatever. And sometimes just take a vibrator and if it relaxes you and it feels good, sit with that. Just give it a try. No one else is going to know but you. Right. Unless I'm, unless you come and get consult from me, then I will know. <laughs> my lips, but my lips are sealed. Uh, yeah, COVID's been pretty fucked up. It like has. Been, and you know, you, you made a good point. We should have you back to talk about a specific subject like monogamy or asses. We just wanted a quick COVID update with Miss Jones, our most downloaded guest of all time. Uh, it may have had something to do with the title of that episode, which was Sex, Sex, Sex. So I'm pretty sure this episode's <laughs> going to do well because it's going to be titled Play With Your Ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they'll be like, oh my God, when's she coming back? I need tips. But this has made me think during COVID, I had all these ideas about people wanting me to do stuff online because not everybody wants to go to workshops. Now I have, and then it's like, well, I want to read like erotica. Like now I have to just get my shit together, but I'm moving. So that's kind of the focus. But all these projects I had sort of set with different people it's now time to do it because uh yeah yeah you know changed. Uh, and you, it sure has you don't have to wait for miss jones to come back on our podcast to hear from her again follow her on social media I love your instagram handle what is it well I've got two which one you the like orgasmic my one. Oh, the orgasmic uh, orgasmic living with miss jones but orgasmic is with a K. Go follow that. Yeah, someone's like, why do you have two? Da da da. There's a there's a there's a method to my madness. Because I orgasmic living with Miss Jones is more I do try to share more personally things in life that are orgasmic. Uh, and like, there's painful moments on there because that's orgasmic. I, I like when people get uh when I talk to people or I I heal, I like when they get when they're not comfortable because it's healing it's growing i promote pain and pleasure yeah discomfort, discomfort. they sure are <laughs> maybe we could touch on that because some people are like what does that mean orgasmic limping i don't understand well i think it's pretty self-explanatory right exactly <laughs> thank you so much though i think we definitely learned some shit today <laughs> most importantly play with, with your, your own Cheers! It's Jones. Love you. Love you. Okay. Bye.